This is an audio-described tour of the elephant diorama in the rotunda of the Smithsonian Institution's National Museum of Natural History. Throughout the tour, prompts will tell you when to move between various stations in the exhibit. The tour is approximately 20 minutes long. Keep in mind that at times the area around the diorama is very crowded. You are now facing the information desk near the mall entrance to the museum. Turn around 180 degrees and walk 25 feet toward the center of the rotunda. You've reached the elephant diorama. Directly in front of you is the diorama's sand-colored base. On your left, the base is about five feet high. On your right, it slopes down to an 18-inch tall sandy bank. Standing atop the diorama is the largest mounted specimen of the world's largest living land animal, an African elephant. It measures four meters, 13.2 feet tall at the shoulder, and in life weighed nearly 12 tons. The tusks project over seven feet from its body. Listen. Those are the sounds of the African savanna and its inhabitants. Now move clockwise around the diorama and feel its coarse, sandy surface on your right. About 22 feet along, you will encounter the first of two welcome panels featuring a bronze, raised, or bas-relief sculpture of the elephant in profile. Reach out and trace its trunk with your hands. The panel reads, Welcome to the elephant's world. Trunk raised, ears fanned. This elephant is on the alert. Something has caught his attention and he's off to investigate. In this museum, we also investigate the natural world, using our rich collections to unravel the mysteries of nature and culture. Come join this investigation. Listen, explore this small slice of African savanna and the many exhibits beyond. Three feet to the left of this panel is the right end of a nine-foot-long panoramic video display set in the side of the diorama. It shows alternating views of the African savanna. An elephant moves across the landscape, first alone, then in the company of others. Elephants spar, push over trees, and move in small herds. A gold and red sunrise appears over an expansive lake surrounded by lush grasses. A hippo pokes his head above water level before darting below again. Then, two adult elephants and a baby cavort in another waterhole, trunks swaying as they lumber along. Have you heard the elephant trumpet? Just above the screens, on the floor of the savanna diorama, are dried clumps of beige and faded yellow grasses. Alongside a pile of brown elephant dung are black dung beetles and a white cattle egret with its wings spread about two feet from tip to tip. Now move three feet to your left, just past the video screens. Reach up and feel for a depression in the diorama. This is the entrance to a jackal den. Just out of reach is the rear of a male jackal 
returning to the den after a night of hunting. He's going to regurgitate food for his mate, who is nursing young pups. Continue moving clockwise around the diorama about 11 feet. Three feet from the floor is the window set in the wall of the diorama. Inside is the female jackal nursing her pups. Listen for the jackal yelps. Two feet to the left of the window is a seven foot long horizontal text rail that reads, million year old bones come to light. These bones come from Elephus Reki, an elephant ancestor that lived in Africa between 3.5 and 1 million years ago. Researchers have uncovered fossils from this species in East Africa, and they believe it ranged widely throughout the continent. Why did Elephus Reki die out? It relied on a diet of grasses and probably couldn't adapt to other foods when changing climate altered food sources and rainfall patterns. Elephus Reki distant relative of today's Asian elephant, Elephus maximus, was taller than either of the two modern species. On the left side of the text rail is a collage of 10 elephant ancestors showing a range of anatomical variation. The caption reads, the 10 elephant ancestors pictured here span 40 million years of evolutionary history. How many differences can you find? Embedded in the diorama, just above the horizontal text rail, are casts of stone tools and the rib bones and lower jaw of a fossil elephant. Reach out and touch them. At the left are six and 12 inch long ridges. These are the elephant's lower molars. To the right are portions of the fossil elephant's rib bones. The stone tools interspersed among the bones may have been used by early humans to butcher the elephant. Perpendicular to the text rail are five bronze bas-relief labels identifying the plants, animals, and artifacts in this area. Trace them with your hands as you listen to the labels being read from left to right. The plants and animals you see here are a combination of actual specimens, models, and casts from the museum's collections. Rib bone, mandible, Elephus reki, 992,000 years old. The large bones sticking out of this bank are from an extinct species of elephant. Museum anthropologist Rick Potts excavated the bones at a fossil site in Olugasili, Kenya. Stone tools, 992,000 years old. Scientists found more than 2,300 stone tools with the Elephus reki remains discovered in Olugasili, Kenya. Early humans used the implements to butcher elephants and other animals. African elephant. Standing before you is the largest mounted specimen of the world's largest living land animal. Measuring four meters, 13.2 feet tall at the shoulder, it weighed nearly 12 Sand camwood, Kalahari sand raisin. Early rains have brought out the first tiny buds on these shrubs. Both thrive in the sandy soil that supports this savanna habitat. 
black-backed jackal. This inhabitant of the open savanna retreats to the protection of a den for the short time she's suckling young pups. A poor digger, she shelters the pups in a tunnel dug by a master excavator, the aardvark. Now, continue clockwise around the diorama about 20 feet to the next text rail. You will pass the rear of our grand elephant, his wispy gray tail suspended above his right rear leg, a limb that is almost 10 feet long and two feet. The leg is raised slightly off the ground as though in motion. This elephant looks like it is moving at a fast trot. Near his feet, leather and hide beetles feed on the remains of a white cattle egret. The next text rail focuses on the insects in the diorama. Attached to the seven-foot rail are four bronze models of dung beetles rolling elephant dung balls. Reach out and feel them. The text reads, tiny animals perform a huge service. Here comes the Savannah's cleanup crew. The insects in this diorama break down dung and dead animals and plants into tiny bits that bacteria and fungi decompose even further. Their combined efforts hasten the return of essential nutrients to the soil. Listen for the low buzz of dung beetles and the louder buzz of flies swarming around dung. On the left side of the rail, a graphic illustration features a richly textured dung pile containing undigested seeds, husks, and fibers. The next section reads, Dung Beetles Go for Elephant Waste. The instant elephant dung hits the ground, dung beetles zoom in. Within hours, they can eat or cart away much of a 6.3 kilogram, 14 pound, heap like this. Some species roll the dung away, others bury it beneath the pile or even steal it from other dung beetles, then lay their eggs in it. As they dig, dung beetles turn over and fertilize the earth, greatly enriching the savanna soil. A graphic illustration, repeated several times on this rail, depicts a dung beetle trail. Perpendicular to the rail are descriptions of the diorama's three insect groups and backlit acrylic medallions featuring the individual insect specimens. The text reads, Vegetarian Brigade. New growth and downed trees add up to an insect bonanza. Grasshoppers devour emerging grasses and foliage. Wood-boring beetle larvae tunnel through dead branches while darkling beetles scavenge plant remains on the ground. Labeled insects are metallic wood-boring beetles, darkling beetles, locust. The next section reads, Dung Division. Fresh dung draws legions of insects. Several hundred scarab beetles may rush to a single pile, lay eggs on top, their maggots burrow inside. Ants grab undigested seeds and butterflies extract nutrients. Robber flies and tiger beetles wait nearby to ambush foragers. The specimen labels are scarab beetles, 
robber fly, green bottle fly, harvester ant, tiger beetle, black bordered cherries. The following section is carnivore crew. These small scavengers feast on what jackals, hyenas, and vultures have left behind. Hide and leather beetles and their larvae devour dried flesh, skin, fur, and feathers. The specimen labels are hide beetle, leather beetle. Above the medallions are narrow dung beetle tunnels faced with plexiglass. Inside are dung beetles, often in pairs with a dung ball. At the right end of the text rail, a silent video shows savannah insects going about the day-to-day -day business of finding food. Continue walking clockwise to your left about 15 feet. Atop the diorama, a puff adder, a striped brown and white snake, lifts its head. It coils around a clump of dung. Beetles clamor along the pile. Five feet further along, you will encounter a second Welcome to the Elephant's World panel. Notice once more the bronze bas-relief elephant sculpture on the panel. To the left of the panel is the right end of the main text rail. It extends 10 feet to the left. Find the mottled pile of elephant dung at this end of the text rail. You're welcome to touch it and notice its texture. The first section you encounter includes a map of Africa with an arrow pointing to the area in Angola where the elephant lived. On the rail, the text is printed within a graphic illustration of a winding dung beetle trail. It reads, how did this elephant get here? In 1954, big game hunter Jose Penacovi came across the enormous tracks of this male elephant in remote southeastern Angola. The next year, he returned to the region with a well-equipped hunting party to pursue the giant. Fenikovi donated the hide, tusks, and part of the skeleton to the Smithsonian. The skin alone weighed more than two tons and took 16 months to mount. A series of four photographs depicts the process of mounting the elephant for display. In the middle of the rail is a photo of an elephant pushing a tree with its trunk. The related text is, In the elephant's wake, life abounds. Stripped branches, heaps of dung, trampled grasses and brush, all are signs that elephants have been here. It takes only a few elephants to wreak such havoc, but hundreds of animals and plants benefit from their passage. Where elephants topple trees, grasses flourish, and animals graze. When seeds pass through elephants, some germinate more readily. The dung and debris left on the ground draw hosts of insects. Listen for the trumpeting of elephants. The text continues. Whose tracks are these? The accompanying illustration is a page of a spiral-bound notebook with drawings of various animal tracks. The tracks are labeled lion, African elephant, southern crowned crane, black-backed jackal, human, lizard, 
zebra, puff adder, cow. The text reads, rain reawakens the savannah. It's November, the start of the rainy season on the Angolan savannah. A downpour ended just hours ago. A waterhole is filling once again, attracting wildlife as well as domestic cattle. Fresh grasses and leaves have begun to brighten the shrubby woodland patches that dot this sandy landscape. Perpendicular to the rail are bronze bas-relief medallions. They identify the plants and animals in this area of the diorama, which are a combination of specimens, models, and casts from the museum's collection. Touch the medallions as you move along from right to left. The first medallion features the puff adder. It reads, this sluggish, highly venomous snake is lying in wait for amphibians, birds, small mammals, and other reptiles. Even an elephant at a fast trot doesn't disturb it. The next one identifies a white bird with a two-inch spiked beak, dwarfed by the elephant's front legs. It's a cattle egret. Where there are elephants, there are usually cattle egrets hunting for insects kicked up by the giant's feet. A downed tree branch to your right, next to the puff adder, fell from a large false mopani tree. The medallion reads, the broken branch on the right is an elephant's handiwork. With its trunk, the elephant shakes down a cascade of leaves and tears off the lower tree limbs. The next medallion reads, African elephant. Standing before you is the largest mounted specimen of the world's largest living land animal. Measuring four meters, 13.2 feet tall at the shoulder, this elephant weighed nearly 12 tons. The medallions continue. Domino beetle. Squirts of acid are this beetle's main defense. So bitter is the experience that most predators never attack the distinctive beetle again. Bushveld lizard. Compare this juvenile lizard with the domino beetle. Predators avoid the lizard because its posture and spots make it resemble the beetle, which has a noxious defensive spray. The ground level diorama is not the only area that is encompassed by the elephant's habitat. Perched high above you, to the left, is a vulture. The next medallion text instructs us to look for a white-backed vulture. A large carcass may draw several hundred vultures, like the one flying above you. A dead elephant attracts as many as a thousand, leading to vicious fights for access to the meat. Amidst the grasses on the diorama, is a reddish-brown bird with a hint of blue-green near its tail. The next medallion identifies it as a carmine bee-eater. These brick-red birds feed mainly in the air. They soar up from the ground with a few powerful flaps, then swoop down to grab flying insects. As noted earlier, a range of savanna grasses are depicted. The medallion text informs us that grasses are the main dish on the menu for many savanna animals. These hardy plants recover quickly 
even after fire and grazing animals crop them to the ground. Next, there's a lilac-breasted roller. Listen, can you hear the raucous rack-rack call of this colorful bird as it scans the landscape for insects? Brightly colored African monarch and broad-bordered grass-yellow butterflies populate the area. The medallion reads, Why so many butterflies on this trampled bank? They're puddling, extracting minerals from small pools of water. Among the plants and animals in this setting are two elements left by humans. Tin can, gourd. A broken gourd, a rusty tin can. Both were left behind when herders brought their cattle here to drink. The next medallion is a pulmonate snail. When the water hole dried up after last year's rainy season, these snails were left high and dry. The last medallion identifies a silver terminalia. See the dead terminalia branch at water's edge? An elephant pulled it down to reach the leaves. You have reached the end of this rail. Continue clockwise another two to three feet and reach out with your right hand to feel the texture of the sandy bank. Notice the indentations of tracks left by animals and humans. Proceed 20 feet along the side of the diorama. You will pass a 12-foot-long broken branch, most likely brought down by an elephant searching for food. Its shadow creates a distinct outline on the sandy surface of the diorama. Several brilliant carmine bee-eaters and lilac-breasted rollers flushed out by the elephant are about to take flight from the branch. One limb holds a rusty tin can. Splattered on the branch are telltale white splotches, the droppings of birds that flew overhead. Looking up, the mounted elephant looms above, ears flared, tusks jutting forward. You have come full circle now. You can return your audio player by turning around 180 degrees from the diorama and walking 25 feet to the information desk. We hope you have enjoyed this audio-described tour of the Elephant Diorama in the rotunda of the Smithsonian Institution's National Museum of Natural History.